0: Talking
1: Real Money. Thank you for being part of Talking Real Money. We are here every week uh, live on the radio from noon to two, where we take your calls and your questions right here, right now. 855 935 talk 855 935 8255. And uh, if you're not available now, we take those same questions anytime at that number. You can call and leave a message. And Don turns those into a podcast. This show is a podcast as well. And we do other podcasts. So all of that available. And the idea here is to help you do better with your money, your finances, and put them in perspective. So money's not at the middle of your life. I think that's one of the things I see the most that I really dislike. But I will tell you this. As someone works with a lot of people who are retired or are retiring, We know that the majority of most people's income in retirement comes from Social Security. And I see a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. Primarily, the biggest one is people tend to file for social, claim Social Security too early. It's still something like 45% of Americans claim it at age 62. And many of you don't realize you're costing yourself thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. I'll give you a number here in a minute. Some people wait until at least full retirement age, which for me is, I hate to say it, but just like a year away. Uh, And it's still a very small number. I think it's about 5% of us wait until age 70 to take Social Security. Remember, between full retirement age and age 70, you get an 8% a year raise. And please do not call me and tell me, well, I take that money and I invest it and make 8%. We know very few people that make 8% a year with their investments. But why do people do this? Why We can give you the numbers, right? I, I'll give you a couple right now. If you start taking Social Security at age 62 um, and you die at age 81, you will have taken out, um, as an average, 277000 if you waited until age 70 and died at 81 you would have taken out 297,000 so $20,000 more and that does not consider your significant other your spouse because that person is going to either have their own benefit or inherit yours. And the numbers even get more dramatic if you wait, you know, later and you live longer. And by the way, if you're age 65 or older and there's two of you, the likelihood that one of you will live till 90 is fairly much greater than you would expect. But why do we do that? The numbers are the numbers. And yet, many, many people, as I said, claim it at 62. Some wait till full retirement age. Well, there's a new paper out on this. It's fascinating work. Done by a couple of academics, so I trust it. And what they found is that people that think I'm entitled to, it's a psychological ownership of social security benefits. It is mine. This is mine. This is not something that I could get. No, that's my money. I feel that I've earned these retirement benefits. Social Security benefits I receive will come from the money I contributed. Well, that's true, although most people take out far more than they put in. We ran those numbers recently as well. But that's one reason. The other is, fascinatingly enough, and we know this as investment managers, a thing called loss aversion. Most of us are more concerned about how much we will lose rather than how much we will make. And if you take this out early, you're thinking, well, that's great because then I'm going to get my benefit. Not realizing, as I said, that waiting ends up giving you far more. So what about social security? We know that for most people, most people, then whether you, if you have a health problem or no longevity in your family, those two are good reasons to take it earlier. But for most people, it makes sense to wait. Number two, most people over the age of 50 absolutely need a plan, need a plan to consider when, how much longer they'll work, what sort of income they're going to need in retirement. What are those sources of income? And you need to be specific. Is it going to be your Social Security? Are you going to be your spouse's Social Security? Is it going to be a pension? Where is the money going to come from and when are you going to get it? And here's the other one that's a mistake I see is many of us get caught up in the politics of all this. There is, as you know, the Social Security Administration will not go bankrupt, but it will have less money coming in that's going out in about 10 years. About 10 years. So Congress needs to do something about this, right? They either need to, and I'm using air quotes here, raise taxes, lift the cap. They need to do something so that more money's coming in, and I'll be among those poor souls trying to get their money in 10 years, so that they have enough to fund it but what i see people saying is well then i want to get it now because it's going to run out and i'm not going to get my money that is not a reason that i would advocate to make this decision as we know uh (laughs) here in this great country congress has a tendency to do things on their own timetable whenever they feel like getting around to it so again Have that plan. Wait on Social Security. Don't get caught up in the hype and discussion about funding shortages. I think you'll end up with more money. 855-935-8255. We'll be back with more here
0: talking real money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. We'd
1: love you to be part of the program today, Talking Real Money, 855-935-8255, 855-935-8255 is our telephone number. We're going to send you out a lovely Talking Real Money shirt if you give us a call because we'd love to hear from you. And before we get some of those calls, i tell you, the crackpots really come out when you come on the show. One guy wrote uh if solomon was really ask paul if solomon was really as wise as he is reputed to have been ah smarty pants (laughs) mr merriman knows no one earlier than mary todd lincoln so let's just leave it at that and leave him alone what do you say all right uh, it takes takes everybody all right let's go back to the phones again at 855-935-TALK and luke joins us hi luke hi tom paul how are you doing good luke thanks all right, great.
2: I listened to a podcast that Paul did with Christine Benz April 27th, and it was titled Making the Smartest Financial Moves in Retirement. And in it, she used a hypothetical portfolio of $1.5 million, and it's her three-bucket uh, strategy. Bucket one is for living expenses. She'd put $120,000 in that, and that's CDs, short-term and uh, this portfolio would generate 60000 a year, they would take it. Bucket two would be for income production, stability, inflation protection. And the third bucket would be for growth. And she's using all Vanguard funds. Bucket three, you don't have to touch it if you don't need it. So I thought it was excellent, and I wondered if Paul could elaborate on this bucket strategy.
3: Well, um, uh, certainly, I'm, I, I was there as... <laughs> As you suggested and watched her presentation, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's a, a terrific, it's a conservative, uh, amount to take out, uh, because what's that? You're taking out about, uh, four, about 4%. I'm just doing that yeah, 1.5. So yeah. 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 So, so, uh, the, the only the only place that i'd have any difference of opinion would be how to invest the uh uh the equity portion i have always used a total portfolio approach and uh and with rebalancing it it basically does a a very similar thing as what the 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 three buckets so uh, yeah okay but let's stop what do you right mean there. By so that, total well in other rate. words so in other words you have basically stocks
1: and bonds you may hold them in different accounts but then you rebalance you take the winners put that in your pocket send stuff to the uh the parts of the the market that haven't done as well for you rather than specifically taking a certain amount of the money and saying I'm using this money in 2 years it's going to be in short term instruments remember that yeah. would have been costly for many years when interest rates are very, very low. It looks more attractive today because you can put it in what a one year CD and get four or 5%. So it seems better. It feels better. But remember, inflation still running at whoever you believe, 4%. So it's, I'm, I, we manage money as Luke knows more to the total return yeah. method. I just think it's more sustainable over the long haul, but this is very much at the edges. I don't think this is a big deal either right. way.
2: Yeah, and I... One other question for... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Luke. One other question for Paul. I seem to recall that he takes all the cash out for living expenses in January. And uh, what's his thinking on that?
1: I hope he brought it with him today is what I'm hoping. (laughs) I enrolled him right here in the studio. Let's
3: party. Okay. Uh, Well, the idea is this. It is not the most efficient way to take money out of the account because, in theory... If I took out a monthly draw, if you will, then I would have more money paid out during the year. More based, work, based though. on it's well, it's more work, but for me, it's something else. Uh, I have a, a close relationship with my money. <laughs> And and I get I don't like reaching in and taking money out while the market is going down. Yeah. So I know yeah. what I'd be doing. I would be saying, "Well, can't do it today because yeah. of this." Yeah. yeah. And I want to get out of the market timing business in that regard. So uh, yes, we our children will inherit less money. Oh my goodness! Yeah. They're going to be yeah. angry when they hear that. <laughs> uh, and and uh, but that's the reason. It's purely an emotional thing. Uh, and by the way, I think it's important to note, Luke, that, and I think you probably know this, my wife and I have oversaved. That's one of the things I believe in. If a person can do it, I didn't retire when I could afford to retire. I retired after I had an amount more than I needed so that I could take out be more aggressive in yeah, how much in the that withdrawals. I yeah. took out and 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 taking it out at the first of the year it too is kind of a- aggressive if you want to look at it like that so mm-hmm. a- it, it comes to that there is no one right
1: or wrong right because the various market factors could be at play as you know generally we tell people wait on your retired minimum distributions to the, the right towards the end of the year because the money gets to grow all that time and generally the market's up but then you might look at 2022 and say wait it would have been better if i'd taken out the first of the year so there really isn't a right or wrong here and for most people I like the twice a year kind of thing because that gives some nope. variance to Great. it. But it's, it's it's there's not perfect either way.
2: Very good, thank you. I appreciate. Luke, all your help. I want to
1: say thank you. Yeah, Luke. I happen to know is I believe I have this right has been to every retire meet we've ever done. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. Yes. I Netflix. mean, well, thank well, you for your year. loyalty.
1: That's, That's really nice. nice. Do, and do circle you bring the, your, do cir- you
3: bring your neighbors? <laughs>
1: huh? He's uh, a nice I guy. No. He brings it Oh, money. that's good. <laughs> that's better. So you can circle 22424. Ooh, 22424 for uh yeah, retirement we'll be there. 10. Thank you. Yes, yeah, it'll be a big a deal because it's the 10th anniversary and assuming Don gets off the boat and rejoins us here in civilization, it should be a a good time. So, um so thank you Luke for your longtime loyalty to to all the things we've done and uh, appreciate the phone call today. Terrific.
2: Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. Uh let's I got a question. This is an interesting one. Um, this written in, and you can write questions to us at talkingrealmoney.com too, for those of you who want to be shy and don't, don't want to be on the radio or don't want to be on the podcast. This comes from Scott in Oakdale, Minnesota. He said, I've been allocating my retirement portfolio based on Paul Merriman's Vanguard moderate tax deferred portfolio. So this is money for IRAs. Correct. Returns on the bond por- por- portfolio. Have been poor at best. Then he goes through a few of the funds, uh, the Vanguard VSB, as in boy, S as in Sam, X as in X-ray. He goes to the three-year return down one point one eight. The VSI GX down four point one seven on the three-year. So and then and then the comparison is wait, well Vanguard current CD rates on a ten-year is five point three. Planning on retiring, don't want to chase returns, but. Should I move my bond money to a CD? It's an interesting question at this moment.
3: Well, and, and uh, the bigger question, or the, the, what needs to be discussed is why you have the kind of bonds in a portfolio that you do. And in the portfolios that we have recommended, we are not focused on bonds for the purpose of uh, getting higher income. So much as we are focusing on bonds, that when the market tanks, that it is likely to perform better uh, than than the equity markets. As it, it's now last defensive. year was a little weird because we had stocks and bonds both go down, right? But if you look at the last five or ten years, at how that combination—right—stocks would, uh, bonds would have, and stocks would have done. But the bonds actually paid a better rate of return than you would have gotten in a money market fund. Sure, we 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 lose we we don't remember that you made almost nothing. Yeah, for a long time. Yep, and and so this is one of those problems where where we always know what we should have done. There is no risk in the past, indeed, and so you should have gotten out of my strategy (laughs) a couple of years ago and and gotten into uh, CDs. So the thing that the reason that we use basically an intermediate to short-term strategy, uh, mostly with governments, uh, is because that is an area historically that has gotten the best unit of return per unit of risk in bonds. And are, are going to allow you to hold more in equities than you would. So if you can you have used, a greater equity concentration that, due to your bond portfolio being right. less volatile, that's if right. you will. And, and, and I'm not sure everybody understands that exactly, but that is the way that it is, is designed to work. Uh, and so at this point, uh, if you want, uh, the CDs would be fine. Lots of people use a laddered approach to CDs as a way of the, managing their fixed income. You're not going to have a rush to quality when you have a bad bear market, which you do, you get with the bonds. So it's there is no perfect answer, but the CDs are fine and always have been except they would not have performed well during that earlier period. Yeah, and my worry is the timing aspect
1: of this. I'm moving from here to there because this is doing better, but, oh, wait, now this one's doing better. And we see this with equities a lot, right, when a certain part of the market really takes off like it has lately. I want to move my money to that, and sometimes you move it to that just in time to find out, well, no, it would have been better to be there. So having the right strategy, having the right balance and in these bonds, remembering that it's not about income and it's not necessarily even about return, it's about stability, right? What we're looking here is to tamp down that volatility.
3: And an easy way to rebalance. CDs are a little more complex.
1: Indeed, they are. Our telephones are open, available, want to help you. Eight five five nine three five talk. Eight five five nine three five eighty two fifty-five. We'll be right back continuing talking real money.
0: Real life and real future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
1: We're back taking your questions and calls. 855 935 talk. 855 935 8255. Tom Cock here. Don McDonald on vacation. Familiar voice on the other side of the microphone is Paul Merriman. Question comes from Mark in New Lenox, Illinois. Uh, I know you both have suggested that paying a 1% advisory fee is reasonable. My expense ratios sit at uh, with the advisory fee 1.21 then he goes through a series of funds avuv avem avre these are avantis funds you know paying in a total expense 1.2 to 1.3 percent i think that's reasonable but what do you say you're the do-it-yourself king what about that
3: (laughs) well look if people can do it themselves then they should do it Because that money is going to compound in your family because you're doing the work. But I have to to confess that I have an investment advisor who takes care of our portfolio. And the reason I do is because... Uh, just like the taking the five percent at the beginning of the year, so that I don't have to deal with it during the year in terms of of, of timing, uh, it is just more comfortable for me to have somebody else take care of it. I do not particularly like investing. I like teaching yeah. about investing. Well, you're risk averse. I am
1: very yeah. risk averse people don't know that cuz they think you're like promoting stocks. You got to know Paul. That's not what
3: who he is. On the other hand, I am half in US and half in international. Yeah. I am half in stocks, half in bonds. I am half in small cap and half in large. So I'm doing all the right things. But somebody's taking care of the I day-to-day. I don't have to do yeah, it. So that is the decision. Yeah,
1: peace of mind, easy yep. to do. 855-935-TALK. We'll continue talking real money. Stay with us. Tom and
0: Don are talking real money. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money.
1: Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Hi, I'm Tom Cock. Don McDonald has the week off. And you're out there trying to figure out what the heck do I do with my money, my investments, my finances. We'll try to make that easy, simpler, and less stressful. So give us a call, 855-935-8255, 855-935-8255. And before we let our friend, uh, terrific educator and colleague, Paul Merriman, sneak out the door, uh to get back to his island that is your island right uh, partly a very oh,
3: very important part very important part yeah, <laughs> the where important my wife part is.
1: i was going to say where you are yeah uh you wrote peace recently. and you 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 regular contributed to market watch which I do read and it was entitled um and we'll get to the calls in just a moment here retirement savers this is the most important investing decision you can make now if you asked me that the most important one is saving something cuz still half of america that saves nothing that's the most important of course but um but the article says do an online search for the most important investment decisions google says there's 860 million Results and uh, asset allocation is important, all these forks in the road. But you, you, this is a good piece, and it's only five pages, which is a little surprising for you because normally yours is a minimum 10, 12 pages. Um, but this is I'm talking about, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, about doing things on your own. And you said one of the things you really have to consider is if you're going to be a do it yourself investor, this is a serious commitment. This is not just I buy a fund and I put it there. And then you said be willing to put in 40 or 40 hours or more of study time. Now, you didn't say a day, a day, a week, a year, or a year, but 40 hours, like 40
3: hours will get you enough knowledge to do this. Absolutely. Uh, from everything that I know about what you need to know, it's about 40 hours. In fact, we've tried our best, Tom, on our website. We have eight topics that if you know those eight topics this is paul merriman.com paul merriman.com you know those it's called boot camp Yep. we want you to go to boot camp there's there's yes sir it's only going to take you about 10 hours to get through the all that information that is there but it will lead you to the studies that show how to put together a portfolio both with equities and fixed income how to take money out everything there step by step and the reason it may take 40 hours is because you're probably going to go back and you're going to do it again because you really need to get that right a 10% change in a portfolio big deal yeah it can it can be a half a percent uh, a year for the rest of your life then be, again a big
1: deal bigger than people realize um but then you, one of the ones you mentioned is never ever make a fast investment decision based on something you just learned or read. So, wait, so you're reading the website and then you're not making a decision, or I'm also, I'm confused here. So,
3: see, it's not easy to be a do <laughs> it yourself investor. Sounds hard. It, indeed. it you know, it, you got to be patient. Yeah. People want to jump into it like that nice lady who wanted to buy stock in the the Braves. Yeah, Atlanta Braves. You know, it's, it sounds like a good idea. Sure. And and successful investing is not about sounds like. It's understanding the probabilities. It's all probabilities. You give me any fork in the road, load versus no load You'll take stocks it? versus I'll yeah, I will. Okay. Stocks versus bonds. All of these things, you have to think, what is the implication? Which is the beauty of having somebody do it for you is they've, they do that
1: every day. Uh, and again, this is paulmerryman.com bootcamp, uh, paulmerryman.com click on bootcamp. I really love number six because I think it's so overlooked for most people investing is about making money. That really at the end of the day, if you ask people, be like, well, I got to find the right stock. I got to find the right advisor. I got to find the right fund. That's all about the making it. But when the market goes the other direction, people think, whoa, what have I done? You said spend at least as much time thinking about how to manage risks as you think about getting rich. Yes. This maybe is number
3: one for me. Well, and I think by the way, that in the industry causes this problem. They focus on the good times. The reality is, it's a combination of good times and bad, and we're looking for a combination of equities and ad, and, and fixed income that you're going to stay the course for a lifetime. And and by the way, Tom, I think if people learn this, they are and they do it. They're also going to teach their kids. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking at (laughs) multi-generational. As I say, I won't be here to see
1: how it turns out for you. That's it. But it'll turn out well, hopefully. Thank you very much for your time today. Hope you can join us for... Retire Me Twenty Twenty Four, whether it's virtual or in person. But thank you for taking time driving all the way over here and seeing me. I feel you kind of it, bad friend. about that. Next time I'll come to the island. We'll all do right. It there. Thank, thank you, Paul, for joining us. Eight five five nine three five. Talk as we continue talking real money.
0: Tom and Don are talking real
4: money. In medicine. A second opinion might save your life with investing a second opinion might save your future the trick is getting one without a high pressure sales pitch Well, I'm Don McDonald, and if you've been listening to Talking Real Money, you know that our goal is to help everyone create a brighter future by investing and managing money better. That's why, in addition to helping everyone on our show and podcast, we are also committed to making our 100% fiduciary advisors at Appella available to help everyone make the best financial decisions based on science. So if you're being pitched a financial product or a system, make sure you get a second opinion with no cost, no obligation, and no annoying sales pitch by going to TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. That's 800-386-3004 or TalkingRealMoney.com.
0: Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
1: Whatever your issue around money is, we're here to try to give you some guidance, help you think smart about it, and not worry so much about it. Talking Real Money, the radio show, the podcast, each and every day. And right now we are live, 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK, as we take your calls. And let's go to those. Scott joins us on the program. Hi, Scott.
5: Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How can I help you? I have a question. I have an inherited IRA that let's see it has uh one ETF in it, four mutual funds, and then five individual stocks. and I'm trying to decide it's with your uh your favorite company, Edward Jones. yeah, um, if I should just close this out, take the take the tax hit now. And then be able to do it, I want with the money, but, you know, the account doesn't seem to grow much because I'm stuck with that RMD every year.
1: Okay, well, how much is in the inherited IRA? Right now, about
5: 75000 Okay,
1: and what is your, do you happen to know your income tax rate? Your, I mean, do you have any idea?
5: Well, this year, this is, here's the kicker. Okay. This year is going to be very different because I've actually been off with a, a blown-up elbow okay. on L&I. So my actual income this year is going to be very low compared to normal. Next year, you expect to be back at work? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, for S- tax purposes this year, yeah, I, I haven't worked for almost 365 days now. So,
1: Well, so what will your taxable income be in
5: 2023? Mine will be uh, zero, my wife's will be your social security, which is about twelve hundred a month okay,
1: so I mean here's the thing if you take the seventy five grand out you're simply going to pay your earned tax rate on the seventy five which appears to be twenty two percent got okay so but we're conflating here a bit number one, I would not have a portfolio that has an ETF for mutual funds and individual stocks in it. I would clean that up first, and with seventy five thousand I would probably have one uh, stock ETF and one bond ETF. That would be a no-brainer to me. Lower cost, expect, why individual stocks? That's a, a gambler's game. I just don't see any reason for you to own those. I would clean that up. Then I would look at my, I, maybe you take out a bunch of it this year because your income is down and then you can still spread it out over the remaining, when did you inherit this? Uh, 18? Oh, so before the 10-year rule. So, yeah, you're still going to have to take it out over a period of time. I mean, maybe with a down income year, it makes sense to take more of it out this year. I'd still probably spread it out over time unless you absolutely
5: needed the money. But you can invest that any way you like. Yeah, no, I I guess I kind of understand that. I'm just trying to figure out, is it better to take that tax hit now when my income is down? Well, what do you expect it to be next year? Uh, I mean, over $95,000? Uh, no, it will probably be around eighty.
1: So it's not going to be a whole lot. I mean, in other words, it looks like the 22% goes up to 95 So, I mean, again, you're still going to be paying somewhere around 20% on that income. So I don't think that's going to make a big deal either way. I personally would rather take some out this year um, because you're in a low-income tax year, pay the tax on it, and then still leave some aside there to take out in future years, you know, just to spread it out a little bit more. But I don't think it's going to make a whole lot of difference one way or the other, Scott. The only other question I would have is do you have the cash to pay the tax, or is the tax payment going to have to come out of the inherited IRA?
5: Oh, no. I've listened to you guys for a long time. I own my house. I've got way too much in savings, and I kind of got to just... I have to delete my hodgepodgedness. Yeah, there you go. So that would be one thing to consider. Number two
1: would be to clean that up easily here by cleaning up your Ed Jones portfolio. And this is very broker-esque to have a few an exchange traded fund, a few mutual funds, individual stocks see this every single day because someone thinks they're smart and they're gonna pick the right stocks and generally they won't. So I would clean that up no matter what, whether I left it at Jones or not. I'd move it probably somewhere else. Get that done and then draw some of it this year and maybe some more next year. I, I don't think I have a like unequivocal answer on that because I don't believe there is
5: one. Okay. Okay. All right. So in my age I'm fifty four. Yeah. So I still got you know, I still got at least a good fifteen years to go. I
1: hope, so. man, you got more than that, I hope, but you know, who knows, right? Working
5: working fifteen years.
1: Oh, okay. All right, you had me going there for a minute. So,
5: right. you know, like I said, yeah. we, you know, we own our home, and it's Good. quite a bit. But there what you about go. these mutual funds? I half these things I've never even heard of. Well, I again,
1: I would be just. I don't even need to hear of them. I know generally what they are because I see their portfolios all the time. I would not continue to own them. I see no reason to. Okay. So I would I move to, to ETFs. ETFs. Pardon
5: me. Either you guys or somebody
1: else and say. well i think hey, somebody just, should look at your portfolio yeah, first yeah and clean it up there's no doubt about that and again that's something we do we're not the only people so i've got to run scott i appreciate your phone call our telephone number 855-935-8255 let's see if we can squeeze in jason here on hey, talking real money hi jason hey
6: tom good afternoon um just wanted to call and take a quick moment of your time. I know we're up against it here, but uh, I wanted to find out what your advice is for somebody that's like myself. That's kind of I'm about 15 years roughly from retirement, I'm 45, and I'm I feel like I'm pretty far behind as far as like my total amount. Um, I guess what are your Are there any kind of hacks or strategies that I can't? I'm not aware of that you know, it can help me catch up faster I know that uh, once I turn 50 I think that I can I can contribute more every year but um, I don't know just a little more advice on how to kind of catch up from well, I mean behind. do you have
1: an do you have an employer sponsored plan 401k or the I do, like?
6: But I, I I do but the match isn't great I, I'm currently okay not but that's to it. the I match
1: I hear that but okay well uh, I would still that would be part one. And I maybe may not be yeah. more aggressive there depending on what they have in terms of the funds. Are you and right. are you married or single? Single. And are you Roth eligible? Can you put money into a Roth IRA? Yeah, I have I have
6: a lot I, that's where my money is in a Roth okay. IRA. I said you so,
1: years pretty professional to Roth. So at the very least, with the employer sponsored plan. I would save up to whatever the match is. That's a no-brainer. Number two, I would do the Roth IRA with the $6,500. I believe you can do up to age 50. You're correct. At age 50 and older, it's $7,500. But after that, there isn't really a trick to sort of, well, how can I do this faster? I mean... (laughs) I might, I might, if I were you at 45, which still seems very young to me because a lot of things can change in your life, and they did for me. You know, you could, if you really wanted to, you could go online and get one of the retirement, you know, saving uh, calculators and sort of say, if I save this much and I make this much, where will I be if that will give you less anxiety? But at 45, I'd put my head down. I'd save into those two places. I wouldn't be... I'd try and get out of debt if I had, you know, credit card debt or loan debt or those sort of things. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of tricks, Jason. So appreciate the call. Appreciate you listening. Thank you all for being part of Talking Real Money. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Thanks for
1: being part of the program. You know, we talk about everything from saving for a kid, getting going faster at age 45, what to do with an inherited IRA, all kinds of stuff. And many of those questions are just too personal to get into more specific answers. If you want some of that, We do that. You just go to TalkingRealMoney.com. We've got advisors who will talk to you. We're not going to sell you anything, and you're going to get a great education. TalkingRealMoney.com. Click on Meet an Advisor. Yeah, we'll help you clear up the hodgepodge-itis. We'll help you get on the track for a better future. And, again, it's all free. We give you our time to help you get going. TalkingRealMoney.com. Click on Meet an
7: Advisor